Hello, welcome to the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Camcast featuring Chris and Ken talking about a movie that's, you know, not that great, but has a cool looking costume. There is a bit more coolness to it, but... There is some coolness to it. But the costume is the best part, in my opinion. Because <laughs> that is straight up pulled off the, the, costume, pan, the panels the and thrown in the movie. The costume is hands down the best part. And the movie we're talking about is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yes. So it came out in 2014. Mm -hmm. Again, directed by Mark Webb. This time, the uh, screenplay was written by Alex Kurtzman, who's done quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, and Roberto Orsi. Roberto Orsi, Jeff Pinkner, and then they all added uh, James Vanderbilt. Uh, all four of those just did the story. So okay. those three did the uh, screenplay, but you added James Vanderbilt and they came up with the story. Okay. Okay. So you could have that little bit of continuation from the first movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So again, starring Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, introducing Jamie Foxx as Max Dillon slash Electro. I almost made a Riddler joke there, but I... <laughs> oh, you better believe I got Riddler notes in here. We got... Uh, Dane DeHaan as, uh, I wrote down Norman Osborn when I know he's Harry. I don't know why I did that. I think it's because I uh, I always equate Norman Osborn as Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. Anyway, even though he's never ever once referred to as the Green Goblin or even a Goblin at all. He's in the credits as the Green Goblin. He's in the credits as Green Goblin. I was like, what? Yeah. But anyway, so... He is Harry Osborn. Uh, Sally Field returns naturally as May Parker. Campbell Scott returns as Richard Parker. And Beth Davids returns as Mary Parker. Now we've got... Uh, oh, uh, one of my favorites, Colm Fjord, who mm. plays Donald Macon, the Oscorp Vice President. I love president. that guy. He is so awesome. He's, He's so awesome. Hero. We've got Paul Giamatti, horribly miscast as Alexei... Sitsevich or the Rhino and I'll tell you right now I hate the way the Rhino looks in this movie even though that last scene was awesome last scene's awesome last scene's awesome that's the only thing that I like about Rhino at all in this entire movie well that's really the only scene he is Rhino right he's right. kind of just a guy I mean, in a truck the rest of it in the beginning with the, the whole intro sequence with him and Spider-Man is awesome mm -hmm. but and the lead up to him being Rhino is fucking terrible. So you, and hey, Paul Giamatti, yeah, you're gonna do a role like that. Don't waste Paul Giamatti on this. Seriously, Giamatti could have been held off for their, uh, Doc Ock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we get Felic Felicity Jones as Felicia Hardy, although uh. she's only credited as Felicia Hardy at the in the end credits. Uh. That's it. But anyway, regardless, anybody who watches Spider-Man or grew up with it, when you hear Felicia, you go, Oh, Felicia? Got me Felicia Hardy. Yeah. There's no way she isn't. Uh, this was kind of interesting. I didn't realize this until uh, I rewatched it and then I was going through the casting. So Martin Sokas, mm -hmm. uh, who is uh, typically plays a Russian bad guy. Almost or always. Eastern European. Exclusively a bad guy. Bad guy. He plays a gender-swapped Ashley Kafka. They don't even change the name. So Dr. Ashley Kafka uh, in the comic books always been a woman. Mm -hmm. They gender-swapped. Nobody said shit. But if they reversed, if they reversed it, 
They're fucking they reverse it the wrong way. And then we've got B.J. Novak as Alistair Smythe, which is a bit of a deep cut. So he ends up creating the Spider Slayers in mm -hmm. the comic books and in the uh, animated cartoon. That would have been interesting to see in the movie. That would have been really the spider interesting. Spider Slayers. To see. That would have been really interesting to see. Now, I didn't uh, write down the budget, but I've got it uh, preloaded up. Yeah, they were really building towards the third movie that we never got. Yeah. <laughs> like Felicia Hardy. Oh, man, we're so close to seeing Felicity Jones as so, Black Cat. Oh. <laughs> this one, they do this rolling budget again. Uh, they say $200 million to $293. That's a big jump. But Somewhere just, between a hundred million gap. Just nope. two hundred ninety-three million. Just, yeah, say, just, that. just, say, just say that. Just so, say that. So uh, now we're getting sixty-three million more than the last movie. However, the box office on this one seven hundred and nine million. So a little lower, but it wasn't significantly. A little lower, but the higher budget does mean that it didn't make as much money as the first one. I would think. I would. I, I was thinking it'd be somewhere in like five hundred or something for them to jump ship to MCU right away. Well, <laughs> there's a there's so much that I like. We mentioned this in the Amazing Spider-Man. It's part of the big problem is there's so many plot lines in this movie. So like you've got Peter Parker finding his footing as Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And we know this because he's tweaked his costume. Yeah. Okay, they don't explain it, but he does. He tweaks his costume. He makes it look 99% comic accurate. That 0.1% is, like I said, an amazing Spider-Man. Just darker colors. Yeah. Okay, so it's not bright red and it's not bright blue. But other than that, it's fucking Spider-Man out of the comic books. Just literally swinging out. Okay? The only... Thing that would have made it even better and i would have totally said i don't even care about the colors is if the eyes opened and closed not every artist does that you know but i'm a huge eric larson fan so yeah larson did it eh? larson Mc, did it did mcfarlane do it i think mcfarlane i don't think bagley ever did it did he i no, i don't because the three of them were all back to back on amazing right bagley i don't i think it was... no bagley didn't do it at all but uh and I don't, I think if anything, if McFarlane did, if I remember correctly, because, so his bottom parts were always longer. Yes. And then, like almost so the I face. think the only thing would be like, this would change, like almost like eyebrows. Okay. I think that's the only thing, if I remember correctly. But then again, uh, I was never the hugest McFarlane fan for art. I acknowledge that he's a, he's a great artist, just mm -hmm. not the style for me. Which is funny that I love Greg Capullo so much. Yeah. Because I originally didn't like his art because it was so much like Todd McFarlane that I was just like, nah. But now I'm like, they're, oh, he's fucking amazing. They're damn close. He's yeah. a, he's he's got more of his own style now though. Oh yeah. His earlier stuff a lot looked of, a well, lot. Well, like I mean, that's McFarlane. how the image guys went. Like yeah. lot, if the whole with the exception of Eric Larson, you were either in the Jim Lee camp, you know. So there was like Jim Lee, uh, Will Sportaccio, Silvestri. Yeah. Uh, Brett Booth. Jim Valentino. Valentino. Valentino, not as much, actually. Not as He's much. He's a bit more of an old schooler, like a Gene Colan type. But, uh, and then you had, like, the McFarlane crew. 
So, like, basically anybody that worked on McFarlane's books mm. were very close to his art style. Anyway. Um, and then Liefeld was in his own camp way over. Uh, oh, no, and then Liefeld had his own group of guys, too. Um, Liam Sharp was in that group. Brett Booth. Brett Booth was also in that group. Yeah. He was actually kind of both. There were t Actually, no, he was more... Uh, Dan Panosian. Panosian? Oh, yeah. Yep. Panosian. He yep. was more of a, a, a Liefeld guy. Mm -hmm. uh, fuck, there's, uh, there's quite a bit, actually. It's hard to even... It's fucking, it's hard I can't to... believe I remember all these fucking names. Christ. <laughs> anyway. Good thing we fill our heads with useful information. <laughs> it is. As our something. wives would say. No, they would say useless. Useless, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... So, yeah, like, it's just, like, well, fuck, like, let's go through this. Mm -hmm. Like, you have the, the plot thread that was uh, started in Amazing Spider-Man. So you have the parents are spies plot thread. Yep. So that's one. Uh, you have Spider-Man finding his, or Peter Parker, like, finding his feet as Spider-Man, you know. Uh, the disturbing on-again, off-again relationship with him and uh, Gwen Stacy. It's really bad in this one. We have the storyline about Gwen leaving to go to England for school. Yep. Because they graduate. <clears throat> we also have the story of Harry Osborne showing back up. Finding out Norman's dying of disease that he's, Harry suddenly has at that age. And then suddenly starts growing it at that age. Very conveniently. Yeah. All in. Yep. Uh, we also... Have uh, what else we got? Oh, we got the, the Max Dillon Electro story. Right. Yep. And then Edward we have Nigma. huge, giant, fucking like, hey, we're totally gonna do the Sinister Six. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, like for a company like Oscorp, for whatever the hell they were doing, why would they have it so like? Why would they have it specialized? You know, like. Who? Secret operations. Right, but like who sits there and goes, okay, so we need a guy that can fly, and he might as well have like actual physical wings that he uses his hands to flap with, right? We need that. Uh, and oh, you know what else we need? We need a guy that has four arms, okay? So we need that too. Yeah. Um, and uh, the rhino costume. That there was, was the rhino costume, that's right. And we also need a guy in a giant rhino suit. Yeah. But why would they be animal themed? Yeah. That's the other part. So it's just like... like and then the glider like, was down there, but then the glider's not animal. The glider thing. and the suit was down there. Yeah. With no real explanation. The only real explanation was, was that they went... They watched the first Spider-Man with Sam Raimi, so we don't really have to explain much. Yeah. We just say Osborne. He's Osborne. When we say Osborne... He's going to go flying. Well, never mind. Like, Chris Klein. I didn't even... No, not Chris Klein. Chris, uh... Shit. I didn't even write his name down. Norman Osborn, actually. Oh, Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. So Chris Cooper's in this movie as Norman Osborn. He's, like, practically turning into a goblin. Yeah, they were doing the ultimate thing. He was practically turning... Like, that's what the disease is, is basically turning you into a goblin. But then... Uh, then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for Norman Osborn. And then they imply heavily that he actually didn't die. And then he's like he's creating the Sinister Six, and you're just like, but for what though? Like for what? Yeah. Got like, uh, Harry Os or Norman Osborn in Raimi's Goblin 
uh, became Goblin simply because he wanted to win that fucking military contract for Super Soldier Serum. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's all it was. He was like, well, you can't test on humans right now. Well, we'll test on me and we'll worry about the shit afterwards. So I can go, oh, I know it works because look at me. Right? That was the whole purpose. Mm -hmm. He got forced out, so of course he's going to kill them. Right? Because he's going nuts. That makes perfect sense. But... This doesn't. What was the point of that? Right, but we're already at like a ten fucking plot lines. Yeah. Plus teasing Felicia, who's going to be Plus, another one. Yeah. Um, they actually Mary Jane got can canned out of this. Yeah, the, she, she shot Shailene shot Woolley. Shot scenes. Shailene Woolley shot scenes. They talked about it. They were like, She's "Yeah, too." There's, there's photos of her on the shoot and everything, and yeah, they cut they cut all that out. You know, and then. Uh, and then they cut it, and they go, like, well, we'll save it for the third. <laughs> but anyway, so we've got, like, at least 11, well, 10 official plot lines. The Felicia, we don't know for sure. It's possible. Mm -hmm. I, I do recall reading that she was going to be black on the third one. I, I recall that, too. But, I mean, at the same time. And then I watched this again, and I was like, oh, I really wanted to see her as black -handed. Right, so we get 10 <laughs> plot lines. So, like, at least the weight of all these different plots, like, even if, like, if this, if there's this many plot lines yeah. in uh, No Way Home, Oy. how the fuck are you going to stick the landing? Well, at least it's going to be 25 minutes longer. But still, right? Okay. So anyway, this one, this one's a lot harder to find good in this. Mm. And I I'm, I know in the first, uh, our Amazing Spider-Man Campcast, I had said that, like, like this beat out the first one but the truth is there's no way there's no way like yeah sure you get comic accurate spider-man and largely the stuff with spider-man is really good like his spider-man all the actual spider-man scenes are his actual well. spider-man stuff is great and i said this to you uh and did you notice this time the only time peter parker's mask comes off in this whole fucking movie when he's like as spider-man out and around people was when he went to catch Gwen at the very end. Yeah. And he realized, like, then masks off. He doesn't take the mask off when Harry goes, Peter. Yeah, he kept it on. And he doesn't even really confirm that he's Peter. He almost just kind of bats it away, like, Peter. And he's just like, you don't understand. Like, you don't know what this would do to you. But he doesn't actually say, oh, you're right. Mask off now. We don't have to... Hey, Harry! We don't have to hide, you know? Um, like, I mean, I'll give Raimi credit for being able to get both of that. Because you get the damage mask shots, right? So his mask isn't really ever fully off, I think, until Spider-Man 3, the climax of Spider-Man 3. Yes, then it's off. Then it's off. Um, which, in retrospect, now that I think about it, I'm like, that kind of doesn't make sense because there's cameras everywhere. But anyway. The whole city was there watching. Yeah, like everyone was just like... Giant sand monster. They're fucking killing him! But anyway. Anyway. Uh, but this one, yeah, I was, I'm still like floored in this day and age where masks are off all the time. Like, I guarantee you in the climax of No Way Home when we get all three, well, we may not get all three Spider-Man, but, you know, they're all going to be maskless. Yeah. <laughs> they're all going to have... And they're probably going to be holding in their hands like, I don't know, should we put this in our pocket? Um, but anyway, so we get that comic accurate Spider-Man costume. So the Spider-Man stuff, everything with Spider-Man, the way he is as Spider-Man, even the way he's like, 
he moves almost constantly as Spider-Man. He's never standing still as Spider-Man, which I thought was really interesting. It was one of those things where I was just like, the direction here is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. It's uh, like they did some fidgety, twitchy stuff, like when he was becoming, like when he was getting the powers of Amazing Spider-Man, which I likened to The Fly when I talked about it before. I should have remembered... Uh, but there was a bit of the gold blue where he was twitching and he was catching flies and stuff. He was just like, oh, okay, weirdo. But here, it's more of a fluid motion because, like, I remember reading, like, uh, editors in Spider-Man comics were like, you could never have Spider-Man just standing. He has to be crouching or he has to be, like, on a chair or a wall or something. He can never just be standing there like, hey guys, I'm Spider-Man. You know? And I was like, mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting. So I guarantee that was part, probably part of the direction where they're just like, just kind of keep sort of moving or whatever. But, uh, like, as an example as to how great the Spider-Man stuff is, they open the scene with a back shot of him jumping off a fucking building. Yeah. And that whole sequence where he is swinging to his graduation, uh, and he is fucking trying to stop uh, not quite Rhino, but not the quips are great. The, like the quips are perfect. The like quip, they're yeah. awesome. The movement is great. The the sequence is entirely like it's a great way to open the movie. Like it's totally cinematic. It's totally Spider Man. It's totally like hey, if you didn't like Amazing Spider Man one, don't fucking worry yeah. about it because you're gonna love this. He won't. But all but of they, it, though, like Gwen calling him, be like, gotta be here, and him being late and everything, yeah, like in yeah. total Peter Parker like, fashion. Is, is that like gunshots? He's like, no, no, it's just traffic, you know, whatever. And you're sitting there going like, why? He doesn't have to lie. He could just be like, yeah, I don't know. I'll try to be there. I'll try to be there because, you know. But anyway, so, yeah, they graduate, which is cool, mm-hmm. you know. Um... What else is good? <laughs> what else did I like? Uh, um. Oh, um. Shit, yeah. Oh, what else uh, is good on here? Uh, Dane DeHaan is Harry Osborn. I actually really liked. I really liked. I liked his Harry Osborn. I liked uh, his, even the stuff like with the, uh, with Peter, like, even though they don't even hint at their friendship in the first movie at all, so it does kind of feel a little forced, like, oh, Incredibly hey. forced. I felt, it felt, like, kind of forced, but it was, but they had enough chemistry where I was like, yeah, you know what, it's okay. Like, I mean, he's a rich playboy, and they say, like, he's off doing or whatever, so, you know, I don't necessarily need, like, a, a text from the first movie to show him there. Mm-hmm. They explain it well enough that I wasn't, like, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but yeah, like, I mean, that part was great. Um, up until the whole like Spider-Man's blood thing, like that part is, where yeah, I started, so that's when I started. I, like, yeah, I really Ugh. didn't like that. I really didn't like that. I felt Dane DeHaan felt out of place in this movie. He just didn't fit the vibe of the rest of them for some reason for me. I don't know. He felt very out of place. Okay. He did the goblin role really well. He was creepy as fuck when he appeared as a goblin at the end, even though it was way too soon for the goblin oh, to be in this series. Way too soon. Way too soon. And also, uh, like, that's the way they did it. It should have been the way they should have done Venom, in my opinion. 
string Venom along through the third movie, mm -hmm. and then have the fourth devote to Venom. Right, yeah, we've talked about that before today. You know, I, we've said that plenty of times. Yeah. So then you do this, you thread his eventual arc to Green Goblin, oh, just like Spider-Man 2. Mm -hmm. Harry's eventual turn to uh, New Goblin, or Skater Goblin, or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck they call him. I think it was New Goblin. New Goblin, I think they call him. It was him. New Goblin. But they threaded it through Spider-Man 2 so that way they could devote a large chunk to Spider-Man 3. They could have done the same thing. Thread mm -hmm. it through and then hit him in Spider-Man, or Amazing Spider-Man 3. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then it would tie into way I, how I would have done this movie. Because I, uh, I understand why they introduced the, uh, his parents, Peter Parker's parents. Mm -hmm. I understand the, why they introduced them as spies. Okay, I get that too. But it was, they introduced them as spies slash scientists. They, it was weird. They tried to get his appearance from the comic books as spies, but also his dad from the ultimate version, where he was a, a spy or a, an a, actual a scientist. scientist. And they kind of did this whole like yeah. weird thing where he, like he figured out something and then had to hide it. Yeah. And and it was just like we're uh, scientists. That yes, yeah, scientists actually that works. That works. <laughs> but it's also that that part is really forced. But it also leads into the thing that is the my the thing I hate the most about this movie is that they make a point of saying that they used uh you know Richard's blood to make this in effect saying you're the only person that could have become Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Which is fucking terrible. Peter Parker's not the chosen one. He's not like Neo in The Matrix or any of that trope. He is not that. He's just a kid in the wrong place at the wrong time. That was the whole point. The whole point was he was just a regular kid who got bit, like, just through happenstance. This yeah. happened, and then it was up to him to make the choice of who he wanted to be, Right. So then when they make it so that, like, he's the only one that could have ever been Spider-Man. It, it was weird. It's just like, oh. That whole, that whole sequence was weird, actually. Like, when he's down the subway. I was like, this feels like Ninja Turtles natural treasure type shit going right. on. Like, what, what is going on right now? No one ever found this fucking thing? This fucking subway full of like computers he, he and had shit? That, like, he had the specific tokens. But, like, okay... A lot of times, I don't know how they do it now, but I know for a while there, big, huge uh, drug-run operations, okay, are typically found because of the thermal heat that they give off. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right? Like, so, because it takes a lot of power and electricity to, just like a huge growth operation for, for marijuana, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, if you have an idea of where this grow-up is, you fly over with thermal whatever thermals and then you it's see lit up oh this is weird that this forest suddenly has a giant like red hot center here let's go check this out right yeah but you can't see shit like this you know like it goes back to eternals where you're just like all the shit that that world has in the mcu sword floating around the earth Captain Marvel showing up from time to time, but nobody notices this giant fucking triangle in the air. Or Cam Castellator still going at Eternals. <laughs> My point is, 
they just did shit and hoped people wouldn't go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe explain it to me like in a way that makes sense. Because this isn't national treasure. Yeah. It made no sense to me. I was like, okay, city of 27 million people and this is down here and no one's fucking found it. And again, like, I know, like, to, to get back to me as expiring where I said, well, you know, I mean, we're talking about a movie where a guy can spin webs and climb walls and fucking fight lizard guys. Yeah, but yeah. You can only make me suspend so much disbelief, okay? So, another thing is, like, even the end sequence, this whole electric grid, is that actually in New York? I, I have no idea. I've never One seen... One that runs the entire city? But, and it's like, a, literally like an island. Yeah. It's just devoted to this. So, like, they took a lot of liberties with how New York looked, which, okay, fine, but sometimes it takes you out of the movie. Or at least it did for me. <laughs> but the whole shit with his parents, like, and again, I know that they're trying to do it so that, and they, oh, they gave the great power, great responsibility line to his dad. And you're like, fuck you. Fuck you. I know in the comic books, in the comic books, Ben doesn't officially say the line. Peter says, now I know what he meant when he said, great power comes great responsibility. Or something along those lines. But there's no scene, like, only in the Ultimate comic book, you know, where he goes, yeah. hey, with great power comes great responsibility. With Hippie Ben? Yeah, with Hippie Ben. <laughs> but in the actual, like, original 616 canon, he doesn't officially ever say it in Amazing Fantasy 15. They might have done it later on, but it doesn't say that. But to give that line to his father... And to give his father way more weight than the guy who fucking raised him for longer than his dad did? Mm. No. So, I like I know they're trying to get away from the Ben Mentor thing. Fine. But do it with, do it with Captain Stacy. But yeah. have, like I, I said to you, this was my theory. If you wanted to do that, then you make Gwen or Captain Stacy the Ben, like the Tony Stark role. You give him the Tony Stark role, the Ben Parker role, and you, because you still have. Ben die in the first movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then, like I said, in Amazing Spider-Man, you have his relationship with Captain Stacy be the reason why he starts changing how he approaches being Spider-Man. Okay. So now, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, so you don't kill Captain Stacy in Amazing Spider-Man. You save his death for Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then you push Gwen's death to Amazing Spider-Man 3. You don't do any other mention of... Peter's spy, scientist parents at all, and, and you effectively remove the opening scene with the, the plane, which, well, cool. Cool scene. But you move that out of the scene, you, you get rid of that, you get rid of the subway, you get rid of the fucking god-awful, like, show up in his fucking grave scene. Hey, uh, I'm still alive and haven't been in your life at all. Remember how much you love me? <laughs> Great power comes great responsibility. You're the only one that can be Spider-Man. So you get rid of all of that. That's a large chunk of the shittiness of this movie. And even the first one, that's a large chunk of that. You get rid of all of that, but you elevate Captain Stacy. You give him a two-movie arc. When he dies, now it's even more impactful. It was impactful in Amazing Spider-Man, but now it's even more impactful. But also, you drag out the, leaving, the Gwen leaving story to the third one, her death is even more impactful too. Yeah. They fake if you can fake me out and make me go, oh, you killed Captain Stacy instead of Gwen. He dies in the comics first. I know that. Okay. But 
you fake it out, you fake it out, and then you're like, holy shit, holy shit, that's cool. And you add more weight to it by the end. But also, you introduce Mary Jane in the second one, so that way it's not weird when she's there to console Peter at the end of the third one and lead into the possible fourth. Mm. Right? I think that would have made, actually made both movies made, feel more yeah. joined, and it would have made more sense... And again, like, I know that they brought up this stuff to make them stand apart from the Raimi movies. Fine. Elevate Captain Stacy. Elevate him and convert him into the Ben role. And now this stands on its own completely. Mm -hmm. Right? But, and I, I remember when I, I told you, liked like, that, that would have I would have liked that for sure. Because after watching these two back to back, I was like, these movies are so fucking tragic. Like, ridiculously tragic. He loses Ben, and then he loses Captain Stacy, and then he loses Gwen in the next one. Yeah, which, I mean, to be fair... And, I mean, kind of to a degree, loses Harry, so... Oh, he does. He does 100%. But, like, Spider-Man is a tragic hero. He is. You know, and, like, but much takes, like Daredevil... takes the fun right out of it, too. You know what I mean? It's... How many gut punches do you need in every movie? Right. It's already fucking sad. Plus, he's going off about his parents in between everything. <laughs> yeah. So and his poor, his poor mom or his aunt is just like, I know I'm not good enough. Like I'm, I, we tried our best, you know, and we really did try our best. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I know, but you're not my parents, you know. It's like, fuck, man, like, give him a break. Oh man. Um. What else did I? Oh, okay. So here's something else I liked. You found something else. <laughs> I actually do like the visual of Electro. I oh, like right. Totally. How he looked. He looked I cool. liked how he acted. I liked how he spoke. I even liked his Electro theme song, even though it's the cheesiest fucking shit ever. I honestly love it. I love but it so much. <laughs> like it makes no sense that he would have a theme and then song. And like that, that, like that chanting with it. Awful. It's awesome. Da, 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 it's just da, 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 awesome. Spider-Man. And you're like, oh my god, this is so awesome. So I love the way he looked. I love the way he sounded. I loved his theme song. I even loved how he would materialize into like into a scene. Like he would just kind of like uh, uh, Captain Manhattan. Yeah. From The Watchmen, where he would just kind of like. It materialized. I was like, this is awesome. That is so cool. It's a shame that fucking he was doing a cosplay a Edward Nigma to build up, the, to get to that point. And then it falls into a tank full of beetles. It is so Edward His Nygma. origin is horrible. His and did you notice how the space terrible. between his teeth disappeared when he became Electro? <laughs> Because it looks dorkier when it's there, so of course yeah. Max is going to have that. Like, <sighs> Jamie Foxx is awesome. Like, he's awesome. I love Jamie Foxx. He's a great actor. really is. I have no problem with him playing Electro. I but... have no problem with the casting. Max. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Electro, awesome. Yeah. Max, however, garbage. I mean, I've I've rewatched Batman, uh, Batman Forever, and... I still, I love Jim Carrey, and I, and I love that movie for all its flaws, but he should never have been cast as the Riddler. But it's weird because, like, 
when he becomes the Riddler, his Bruce Wayne, Edward Nygma version, awesome. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. I was like, oh, wow. But his over-the-top, like, campy... Long red hair, or long, long... Everything, like, everything. Yeah. That whole, like, over-the-top Riddler bull... Like, Jim Carrey Riddler, you're just like... It makes no sense for the character. Mm. You could have cast him as any other character like that, right? But they, you know, and it, it's the direction. It's not a fault to him. It's the same with this. It's not a fault for uh, uh, Jamie Fox. It's the direction. You know, the studio execs were like, you gotta do this. Mm-hmm. You gotta do this. Never mind that it, no version of this character has Max Dillon ever been like this. Ever. 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 He was always just like a criminal, like, right? like a henchman type deal. Yeah. Uh, the ultimate, he was actually, he was already an assassin, and he went through yeah, the program. Yeah, that's right. I think Kingpin actually, like, he he agreed to do this so that he could be a better assassin and ultimately kill Spider-Man. Right? <clears throat> now, I mean, I understand that they can't use that origin for him. I get that. But they didn't have to make him look like this, like, like I said, this Edward Nigma like, Joel Schumacher version, where he's just this weird, like... He knows my name. She yeah. knows my name. Oh, you recognize me. Yeah, oh, you know, friends. and... And it... The problem... The other part, too, is, like, he's such a, like, hard-done-by loser that, like, that... The scene where it goes... Where he goes, uh, you don't remember me, do you? And, and Peter's just like... Oh, yeah, 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 you're, uh, he was like, Max Dillon, Max Dillon, yeah, you're my eyes and ears. And I was like, that's a little shitty there, Peter. You're, mm-hmm. you're, uh, you're not doing so hot here. But then he remembered, didn't he? Did he say, oh, you're the guy with the blueprints. He does, he does, but it's, he has to be jogged to it, but he's like, like, it's the part where he lets him say his name first. So he goes, Max, oh, yeah, Max, Max, yeah, you're my eyes and ears. Like, it's like, but that's like, one of those little things because the overall it's just it's so shitty it's yeah. so fucking shitty i mean i'll give him credit when he becomes electro and the, there's that scene in new york where he's just like finding it out his powers and he's like he doesn't know what the fuck's going on and initially like peter's trying to help him but he doesn't understand it and then he starts to realize i'm a fucking freak and all these people are fucking scared of me mm-hmm. and then he snaps it makes sense they could have done it way better he didn't have to be, like, this caricature of a fucking nerdy loser. Like, a horrible caricature to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know? It could have been basically just, like, high school at work, where just a group of guys, just for whatever reason, they just pick on him. Like, Alistair yeah. Smythe could have just been like, ah, fuck you, you're fucking cute. Like, whatever. Like, he, like, he does rip him off, and he takes credit for his work or whatever, and he goes, yeah, you're fine. Like, that stuff works perfectly. But they didn't really have to lean into this cartoony... Mm-hmm. nerd bullshit which I, I absolutely hated it was a waste it was a waste of him oh yeah no majorly like I still cringe when I re- was rewatching. I was like oh man I, I knew this was bad but I, oh this is but the really Electro bad. Electro does come really close to redeeming it and even uh, when Harry recruits Electro mm-hmm. it makes sense these guys fucked you over well guess what they fucked me over too. Yeah. So why don't we work together and we'll fuck Oscorp and we'll fuck Spider-Man. Fuck them all. And then he's just like, yes, sign me up. Mm-hmm. I'm good. You know? And they go into Oscorp. What they do to Confiora? Love it. Kill him and then they bring him back? Fucking give him a heart attack, bring him yeah. back. We could do this all night. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I forgot that. That was awesome. <laughs> it was so great. 
It's so good. It's uh, so good. Um, so I liked that. That part I liked. <laughs> that was a good part. You know, the problem, too, is the stuff that I like, there's almost immediately so much that I don't like, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I the Electro Spider-Man stuff I really liked. Like, and, those few, the fights they have, those are awesome fights. And again... Well, even the scene, like, the initial scene where there's that spot where Peter is saving everybody on the uh, the stairway that's all covered, like, it's all wet, it's all about to be electrified. Mm, yes. There's a car coming up, and they do that slow-mo shot, and, and spinning his webs out, and the webs the actually look like, like they're going gonna, like, grab people i was like that's a really nice touch i like that too really they did that nice at the end too when it was going down for uh, gwen it was gr- like just doing like, the, grab like her, this like, grab my hand yeah. i was like oh that part like when they did it there i was like that's awesome when they did it at the end i was like oh that's heartbreaking so heartbreaking that's heartbreaking and then they uh, straight up show her fucking snapping like just they fucking give you the sound yeah ugh. like ugh. But, uh, but yeah, the electro stuff, the only part, like, and I love the final battle scene. My only complaint is it did feel like a video game. It really did. Because, like. I, I honestly, there's a moment in this movie where I was watching it. And I forget what part of it, like, Spider-Man was swinging and he was going after electro or something. And I looked down because I thought I had my controller in my hand for a moment. I yeah. felt like I was playing Spider-Man it, game. That part, and and it was awesome. Like, it looked really, really cool. And this is where I'll go back to with Raimi, where it almost felt like a conscious effort where he would give you a CGI shot, and then he'd give you a live-action shot. Mm-hmm. And it would be, like, sandwiched like that. And, you know, and I'm not going to suggest that it was largely you know, practical effects. No, it's a CGI movie. All of his movies are CGI movies, okay? But there was that... He made a point of making sure that, like, there was live-action shots to the point where, like, on that clock tower scene in Spider-Man 2, you know, there's literally shots of the stunt guy in the Spider-Man suit and the stunt guy in the uh, ox suit fighting legit, and then it's a CGI scene. So I was like, oh, I would have loved a little bit more of that. Yeah. Um, just to kind of ground it a bit, because I felt, I was like, as awesome as this looked, and it looked fucking awesome, (laughs) it was like, it feels like a fight in a video game. Mm -hmm. Still awesome. Still awesome. I just needed a little bit of grounding. The lizard fight kind of had that same feel. Yeah, I I didn't mention the last fight scene in uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and I kept meaning to, and we just got off on tangents as we do. But it felt like that too. Yeah, it it had that same like like, gamey feel to it. Yeah, and you know, and it's weird because like the MCU ones are way more CGI. Like, I mean, hell, he's fucking CGI overlaid. Everything is CG. You know, like, the background is CG. Right? Like, I, and I said when we watched the first, like, the first, or the big trailer, the big trailer, and the new suit, the advanced suit, or whatever it's called, it looks like in the trailers, there's no CGI overlay. And I said, like, I hope they don't do that in this movie. I feel they will. Mm -hmm. But so far, I'm just like, 
Fuck that live action. It looks fucking sweet. Why do you need the CG overlay? I mean, I understand, you it makes know... It's it shiny looking, but... I understand if, you know, he's doing a particularly advanced scene. Like, there's going to be a shit ton of CG in this movie. I get it. Oh, God, yeah. We don't have to overlay everything. Yeah. But anyway... More CG um, than live action, probably. <laughs> yeah, but anyway... Uh, what else? What else do I like in this movie? Uh, the relationship with Peter Parker and... Uh, Gwen Stacy is fucking the back and forth stalker weirdo bullshit. Like it's, it's so back and forth. Like I can't date you. Like he's going to a pizza shop or something to meet her, and he stands saying he walks away, and she comes out, and she's like, "Are you doing this to me again?" Yeah. But like you keep the promise, or you don't keep the promise. Yeah. Like I like, mean, I hate the fact that he went like promises are made to be broken, but then don't go back and forth about it. Though I did like how he kept seeing Captain Space, uh, Spacey, Stacy, not Spacey, yeah. not Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. oh. Kevin Spacey, is there must be that stalker talk. Kevin Spacey. Oh no, no, he's not a stalker. He's a sexual predator, but he's yeah. not a stalker. No, that we know. Of. Oh, hold on, alleged sexual predator. Come on now. Anyway. <sighs> But anyways, Kevin Stacy, I liked how uh, he kept popping up throughout the movie. I liked that um, because it's a reflection of, of Peter's guilt. So I liked that. and it, But it's one of those where you, you didn't have to do that. Like, you could have had it where uh, Gwen is like, look, I make my own choices. Because she says that. She said, hey, look, I make my own choices, okay? Mm -hmm. And I want to be with you, Spider-Man and all. I understand the ramifications. I get that. Mm -hmm. And then, at least at that point, you could have him at, uh, at Stacy's grave and go, I know I made a promise. I have to break this promise. I don't have a choice. I love her. I will do whatever I can to make sure she's safe. But I have to break this promise. Then I'm okay. Then I'm all right. Yeah, I would have liked that. Okay. Um... Because then, later on, and this is, uh, it ties in, so it gets to the point where, like, Gwen didn't have to be in the final fight scene with Electro. No. She forced her way in, but magically got on this fucking electric island, the generator island. She managed to get away from the cop. Like, so he webs her to the cop car. Yeah. But she manages to get out of the cop, like... Saw herself out. Get out of the out. webbing. Okay, so she gets out of the webbing, steals a cop car, drives the cop car to this island, and just says, hey, I'll help you out. Okay, fine. But, like, you already helped him out earlier. You said, like, this is how you ground the electricity. Okay? But they forcefully wrote it so they needed two people to stop Electro to set her up so that she could be at that spot when Green Goblin shows Or, sorry, uh, Harry Goblin shows up to take her, to take her to the fucking clock tower scene, so it's just like, like you, you had some stuff that was good, and why do you have to immediately go? Ah, fuck it. It was it, it was he beat Electro, and I wish it would have just ended there. Yeah. Like the whole Harry thing was just so forced. Like and it was, was five minutes long. He shows up, do a little fight, kill Gwen, and it's, and then it's done. Like all of a sudden, like like. Harry's in a friggin' insane asylum now yeah. or some shit. Yeah. And, but he, and it, it comes and goes, too. Like, his sickness yeah. comes and goes now. And you're like, well, 
Well, then what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> if it comes and goes. <sighs> and I mean... It's frustrating because... The, the, it's a comic-accurate death scene, too. It really is. Yes. And it's shot perfectly. Oh. Like, he is spread out between the fucking gears, and he's trying to stop Harry while stopping her from falling to her death and making it so that she doesn't die and that everything goes to shit. And then he dies through, and it's awesome. And as a comic book fan... Your heart's breaking because you know he isn't going to save her. Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't. And you're like, Jesus, fuck. I wasn't sure if they were going to actually do it. And when the first time I, I watched it. I knew right away. I was like, are they really going to kill her already? And yeah, well, they did. But here's the thing. If they didn't, they faked you out. They're going to kill her off in the third movie. Somehow. And it's probably going to be very similar to that. Mm -hmm. So just do it. I mean... It wasn't on a bridge. Nope. So there's that. But it was awesome. It was fun. But they made awesome. you think it might be on the bridge because we knew yeah. Harry had just become Goblin and yeah. they were up on that bridge. Yeah. It's just... Like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, I don't know. It's disappointing that so much of this movie bothers me because the Spider-Man stuff is so good in it. Yeah. Like, the way he plays it, the quips, the look of the suit. Yeah. Like... The movements, like you said, like... This is my least favorite Spider-Man movie, but it is my favorite looking Spider-Man. And I love the Raimi trilogy. It's, but it's this not suit, mine because this suit I actually really action. like the Stark suit. I think the Stark suit is the best representation. Yeah. Well, because it's bright red, it's bright blue. Yeah, it's got like the dark, like the black mm -hmm, tweaks mm -hmm. to it, but it's, it's a Spider-Man suit through and through. Uh, but like... That this one is fucking like close yeah. second, like it right. really is. It's I think it's more or less what I it, how much I hate this movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's bothersome because I want to like it. And this time I made a conscious effort to just look at the positive, just look at the positive, focus on the positive. And you know what? Like you're finding pearls in giant piles of shit. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually, you're like, I don't fucking... What a way to put it. I don't care about these pearls. It's not worth the fucking effort. I got fucking, what, three three pearls? Describing Amazing Spider-Man in one sentence. A few pearls and a bunch of shit. Three pearls in a pile, like a giant, like, mm. abnormal pile of shit. Mm. I mean... Especially because, like, and then you get, like, you get all this fucking bullshit. Like, this whole bullshit. And then you get this fucking... Fuck, man, like... The worst-looking version of Rhino, okay? Now, in the Ultimate World, I believe the Rhino is a mech. It's more mech. It's, it's, it's actual a mech, mech suit. suit, yeah. Okay? So, all right, fine. This is a more ultimate version for sure. But this is like a giant rhino tank. Like a giant fucking rhino tank. But for some reason, he has him, like, the stubby rhino fucking appendages, but he stands on his hind legs. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, when he runs, he's on all fours. That was cool. But 
the only thing that's awesome about that scene, there's two things, there's two things, is the kid stands up. I love that kid part. That kid part, and it's and it ties into earlier when you know Spider-Man helps the kid and then walks the kid home. I was like, man, that's awesome. Like, that's fucking great. And he's like, oh, you make this? Oh yeah, and, and he's like talking science with this guy. He's like, yeah, man, it's cool. I was, I, I'm a science geek too. And then they stroll home. I was like, that's it. You've got it. You got a pearl. Mm -hmm. You got a pearl. That's a nice Hang pearl. on to that pearl. Okay. Maybe there's more than three pearls. Maybe we're. I think we got five. Yeah. Pearls. But anyway, and then we revisit this kid. He's wearing the Spider-Man suit, and he's the only one standing against him. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like. Not one cop runs out to fucking catch this kid. Regardless, shut up, Chris. Watch it, because it's awesome. It, it's just so cool. And then, you know, Peter shows up, and he's just like, I got this. And it's even more, like, better, because he's been gone for months. He's been gone for months. And right? everyone's just like, well, I guess I guess that's it. And then he shows up, and he's like, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for watching things while he was gone. Yeah. I was like, man, this is fucking so cool. And then this big, huge, beautiful wind-up scene... Like, well, the first they do that thing where he's just like, he's on the uh, air horn. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm back, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, fucking ride, Spider-Man. You're like, yeah. And then he does this huge slow motion swing with the fucking. Oh, you uh, get that white shot of the cover. rhino running and he's just swinging just in the air. this and then scene cut because they're going to go to Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 3. And you're like, fuck you. I want. Fuck <laughs> you. You don't even do end credits with the fight scene? Fuck you! I want to see this rhino fight. And they tease that rhino fight in, the tra in every trailer for every the movie. Every single trailer. Every trailer. That was a focal point. So now, instead of me searching through piles of shit to find the pearl, you know what they did? I found the pearl, and then they went, no, 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 we'll take that back. Yeah. Let's just take that back. We, You're we don't looking at it, and then they just took shit and threw it in your hand. They, they, they took it back. They took yeah. it right out of my hand. They said, no, we, we, we keep this pearl for you. The end credits could have been the entire fucking fight scene mm -hmm. in, like, still frame shots. So you show the full motion, thing hit, like the manhole hits him, mm -hmm. and then the rest of it is just still shots, like a comic book, just fucking take him out. Alexia is, is arrested. Oh, it could have been it. it could have been shots taken from Peter's camera. Could have been. It could have been drawn by fucking Alex Ross. Oh! I would not have liked that. I'm not I get tired of his art. I'm tired of his art. You're tired of his art? Yes. Well it probably would have been like Andy Park or something, one of those Marvel uh guys that are doing all the storyboards. But either way, our our fun, maybe Steve McNiven, like do something, like update it or whatever. Something. But something where I'm not like, ah, ah, ah. oh, fuck you. That's always my reaction to that. It's just, fuck you, you fucking pricks. And I, I would actually forgive fucking Rhino Tank if we got to see how badly he destroyed Rhino Tank. And then it leads into Amazing Spider-Man 3 where he's like, no, 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 I don't want to tank. Fucking make me like like Spider-Man. I want yeah. whatever he's got in me. I, I want, want Rhino skin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, Rhino doesn't necessarily have to have a costume, although I prefer it. Mm -hmm. You know? And he, but, like, even with the ultimate, like, it was a mech, but if I remember correctly, he was trapped in the mech suit, so it was similar. Because that's the thing. He's trapped in the uh, Rhino suit. But I think the ultimate, he was, it was mech for sure, 100%. So it was obviously a little bit bigger than it would have been in the 616. Mm -hmm. But I believe he was trapped in it. I think that's part of one of the things I like about it, where it's part, like, he's trapped in it. 
and he's just forced to do the type of thing. I gotta read that ultimate run again. Desperately. And it's funny because he's—I don't think he's actually in the ultimate run at all. I think he's only just in annuals. Oh, that's right. Or if he is, it's not with the Bagley run. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man. I wanted so badly to like this movie. Even this time around, I was like, it can't be as bad as I remembered it. Because, you know, and especially because I watched Amazing Spider-Man and I was like, okay, it's not as bad as I remembered it. But also, I'm not watching it like, let's see how fucking bad this is. See how bad yeah. this shit holds up, you know? So I was like, okay. So, like, if I use the shit pearl analogy, um, well, first of all, there's not a lot of shit to wade through in Amazing Spider-Man. Like, it, when, it, it, when you get right down to it, there's things that I don't like, mm -hmm. and there's things I would have done differently. Yeah. But there isn't really anything aside from him saying promises are being... Like, that bugs me so much. Promises are made to be broken. Yeah. Every single time I'm like... Phew. It's got a better shit-to-pearl ratio. There's all, like there's almost no shit in this. It's There really is no real shit in Amazing Spider-Man. It's just everything that they did there... That I that had been done before yeah. was done better. Yeah. Okay. Before. With the exception of the kid on the bridge, that's such an amazing scene. Like it's so fucking it's, good. It's pure Spider-Man. You know, it really is. And yeah. uh, the tweak on the origin, you know, they keep the beats mm -hmm. and dies because of Peter's inaction. Though interesting that he never finds the criminal. Yeah, they went the Batman route where he never found the criminal. Never but did. When he switched the purpose of Spider-Man, it didn't matter anymore. No. You know, now it wasn't... Because he wasn't ever... He wasn't supposed to be the Dark Avenger. Mm. We, you know, it's constantly doing it. It was never like... Like, Batman's whole thing is like, I do this so that no one has to go through what I went through. Peter does it because it's the right thing to do. Mm. He does... It's like Dick Grayson, same thing. I just do it because it's the right thing to do. I help people because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And Batman does it, but his reasoning behind it isn't as altruistic, yeah. you know? Um, still good. Still good. But, mm -hmm. yeah, whereas Amazing Spider-Man 2 is just... It's just, it's almost like they're purposely, like, relentlessly piling shit on and saying, you still like it, though, right? You still like it, though, right? You know? And I'm <laughs> glad that this uh, didn't continue on because... There's no way that I would have liked the third. Yeah. There's absolutely no way. And also, I'm glad because, like, for Garfield's sake, like, for me to be a lifelong Superman fan or Spider-Man fan, if I was ever to be cast as Superman or Spider-Man, I would be like, fuck yeah! This is the greatest moment of my life! And then to be in what are considered to be the worst Spider-Man movies or Superman movies would be heartbreaking. I would be fucking crushed. So getting to No Way Home and you're like, yeah, it's an end story for both Spider-Mans. And I still, to this day, I'm like, nope, not for Raimi Spider-Man because I don't care how you cut it. In my opinion, Spider-Man 3 ends just perfect enough so that it can have more stories or not at all. This kind of did too. This? Now that I watched it. This did, but unfortunately, it's the worst way for him to go out. Okay? So, for him to get, like, for him to be able to save Mary Jane at the end of No Way Out, if that's how they do it, that, okay, fine, perfect. 
If Garfield saves him? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I don't... I think Holland saves his Mary Jane. I do. But I think... I think it's, uh... But it's tough to say. Like, it's really tough to say. Because thematically, it helps uh, this Peter get past it, right? Majorly. But I do feel like this is a way for them to bookend this garbage ending that he got. Because you're right. Like, this does end... It's and similarly in the way that he's Spider Man. Yeah, he wasn't Spider Man forever. Makes a comeback. He, and it, and you know he's back. He's back to Spider Man. His mm-hmm. his life will be different now because Gwen's not in it. But he will soldier on, and then we can get more adventures. And they obviously were planning a big, huge, fat fucking franchise out of this whole thing. Oh yeah. But ugh, I'm just I'm glad that they. I'm glad I didn't have to sit through another movie where the whole time I'm going like. Why? Why couldn't you do it with a character I don't give a fuck about? More pearls, please. Like more pearls. You know, like why couldn't you've done this with like fucking Iron Man? Because I don't, I don't fucking care. Because he probably would have got the Sinister. Well, no, they wanted to do Sinister Sticks as its own movie. That's right. And then connect it to Amazing Spider-Man. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So we would have got. So who the fuck would he have fought in a third one if Sinister Six was gonna go do its own thing? Well, hold on. No, he would have fought Sinister Six in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Three. So Sinister Six was gonna be in between. Wasn't that how it was supposed to go? Because wasn't Sinister Six supposed to be like an origin flick for the Sinister Six? I don't know if it was gonna be an origin. I don't even remember now. They they changed it so many times. Yeah. All I know is that well, I mean, they could have had something simple like Black Cat and the Spider Slayers, right? You they could have. They could have had the Spider Slayers. Um. And they could have literally had the Spider Slayers based around the fact that uh, uh, Oscorp is largely fucked now because mm-hmm. of Harry and Electro. And they could have, like, like Smythe could have sat there and said, well, it's because of Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, like, because, like, Alistair Smythe has never been, like, a mentally sound guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, or... Hell, they couldn't even have it where, like, we didn't see this, but, you know, when Electro was storming through Oscorp or whatever, he fucked something up and, uh, you know, Alistair Smythe got fucked up and he ended up going into the Spider Slayer route to save his life first. Yeah. And he blamed Spider-Man, because, you know, that doesn't have to make sense. No. But you could blame Spider-Man because, you know, uh, he was stopping a like a robbery and it made you miss your bus and then you lost your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of, kind of the story for, uh, what the hell was it? Clock, uh, the clock bad guy. Clock King? Remember in the, uh, the animated story? Yes. He was so regimented with time and yeah. then like the, the bus was like two minutes late and then he lost his, like, his entire life was ruined because of that extra two minutes or something, and he just snapped. But the coolest part is, is that if you look at comic book versions of the Clock King before the animated series, he looked fucking ridiculous. This is just a giant clock? He had a clock face. He had a fucking cape. I'll show you, because it's the worst. So, like... The animated version, I remember thinking, like... A clock face. God damn, like, he looked... He was cool. He was just a dude. But he was... <laughs> now... The ugliest green and blue. Try to get that to dog. show up on there, because, like, that... As opposed to this, where he's just a dude 
with like oh, yeah. old. clock with glasses. Like that's one of my favorite design spots. And then he's got his own little like uh, pocket watch that he fucking uses to fuck people up. Now, like you know, before the Fifty Two reboot, they went similar. Okay. Yeah. You know. That's, yeah. You know, it's a little bit more hippie vibe, but whatever. I prefer the regimented, like, suit, <laughs> slick back hair, the glasses with the little... I prefer that look, but... <laughs> but this... Look at the face. Is that little slot supposed to be the mouth? I guess. I Or so he could breathe? Like, I don't fucking know. I mean, I look. Fuck design that one. This is a good costume. Look, I get it. I get it. Okay, like I mean, seriously, one of Batman's villains is oh. is the Condiment King. Like I get it. I get it. And like his comic accurate, com like I get it. The Condiment King is like, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, the Crazy Quilt. Yeah, the Crazy Quilt. That's another. I'll show you that one too because what the fuck? But that's a legit batman villain that's a legit batman villain very really cool so i mean like I, I get it like all of batman's uh, villains are can't all be fucking crazy cool winners but uh <laughs> nope so nope. can't all thank be god girls. for the animated series because a lot of those villains Jesus. a lot of those villains oh, got revamped and looked amazing the clock king hell even uh even in that cartoon with uh, harvey dent his origin to two-face i thought was a lot cooler like, instead of the acid in the courtroom, which is cool, you know. Yeah. And I liked that in uh, The Dark Knight, they teased it with the gun scene, which is awesome. But uh, it was an explosion. It was an explosion that fucked up half his body. That's oh, really? It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they they did the, the duality, like the split personality stuff. They teased that throughout the episode. Rewatch it. It was fucking good. I gotta rewatch that whole show because... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, I have to... I've been meaning to for a I while I have to uh, buy that box set. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Batman rant aside. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mostly shit with some pearls. Amazing mm -hmm. Spider-Man's good. Mm -hmm. I think we covered all of it. Yeah, I think we covered I think it. We're good. I think we covered it. Great costume. Not a great movie. Oh, but let us know what you think about The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Was it as bad as we think it is? Was it better than the first? The costume was definitely better than the first. There's no denying that. You can give me reasons, to, more reasons to like this movie. If you give me more pearls than shit, I will welcome it. I really will welcome it. Okay? Because, I mean, like like I said, lifelong Spider-Man fan. Lifelong Superman fan. Lifelong Batman fan. I realize that there's going to be versions that I'm not going to get. Like, it's not going to be for me. But... Still, there's got to be enough of the core. Exactly. You know, you got to have enough. In you there. know, and I think like that's one of the reasons why I instantly loved Hall and Spider-Man so much is that there's so much core in it mm -hmm. that it's almost like I can forgive some yeah. of the stuff that they do that I'm not necessarily. Not mentioning Ben, lots of Iron Man and everything, but the core of Peter Parker yeah. and who he is is there. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely there. You know, like not. Mentioning Ben, but inferring heavily, mm -hmm. you know, is is fine. But I almost feel like, like it's smarter. It was a smart move for them to not do the origin, and not focus on Ben because then there is no comparisons to Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man uh, mm -hmm. Raimi version. So yeah. like, because like I said, if I hadn't seen Spider-Man, uh, 
I guarantee you, if I saw Amazing Spider-Man first, and that's where I fell in love with Spider-Man, or that was like the first live-action version of a character I grew up loving, mm -hmm. and then I watched Raimi's, I guarantee you I'd probably just be like, yeah, no, 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 I, I, I'm not saying Raimi's isn't good. What I'm saying is that I just like this better. Mm -hmm. I think everything that they do is better. I think I, I might even be like, you know what, the scene, uh, the scene uh, with the cranes... The scene on the bridge, it's great. You know, it's awesome, but it's not as good. And I might I might actually be like that. Yeah. I don't think so, because it is a better movie. <laughs> like, if we're looking at, like, like shots, like, if we're looking at writing, if we're looking at the technical aspect, like, it is leaps and bounds better mm -hmm. than Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Across the board, okay? Like, there's, you know, and it's, it's not a knock to Mark Webb. Because they're also two different directors, you know? But it's it's interesting that both were indie directors saddled with big budget. Like, fucking big budget, you know? Huge budget. You know, 500 Days of Summer is not a $200 no, million. No, maybe $10 million. 15 tops. Like, tops. That, you know? That's tops. And same with, like, Darkman. <laughs> like, yeah. Darkman, yeah. $20 million. Tops. Yeah. Tops. And that would probably be his biggest budget movie before Spider-Man. Anyway, thank yeah. you so much again, guys. And uh, keep on rocking in the free world. You did all the social media stuff, right? No. Oh. Keep sure. on rocking in the free world and catch us on... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Check us out here on YouTube. And go to geekpantsmedia.com. Do, do. <laughs>